Welcome to another episode of the Searchers Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and joining me today is Mr. Kevin Chan. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. And uh, today we have uh, a special guest, one of our friends from Letterboxd, Mr. Joe Wilson. Say hi, Joe. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, we have a guest, Kevin. So it's our, it's, I guess we're making history. <laughs> it's our, our second guest yes, ever. Yes, we are. Our um, second guest is Joe Wilson. So Joe kind of approached us uh, to cover a movie. And since this podcast, the goal is kind of to, to, is to discover new things. We kind of let him uh, drive the train. And uh, so we, we picked a movie. Well, Joe picked the movie, and uh, we all watched it. Unfortunately, Chris was supposed to be here, but uh, last-minute plans or something happened, and uh, he can't be here. No big deal. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll carry the torch and uh, review this thing. So, uh, Joe, what are, what are we reviewing today? Today, we are reviewing Lilies of the Field from 1963. Uh, it's directed by Ralph Nelson, uh, stars Sidney Poitier, and Lilia Scala. Do we want to do the plot first and get that out of the way? Or, do, or, or Joe, do you picture this as we go through the whole plot? You kind of want to discuss it, uh, you know, train of thought kind yeah, of? I think we can get kind of the main plot out of the way early. It's There's nothing... Uh, yeah. It's pretty straightforward, uh, pretty pretty easy movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so uh anybody want to describe this thing or uh want me to do i'll it? take a crack at it all <laughs> right yeah joe okay. go for go it for it joe <laughs> so, yeah so uh sydney poitier plays uh homer smith who's this kind of uh, itinerant handyman sort of figure um a lot of the reviews that i s have seen call him an xgi although i don't remember that from the film if that really comes up but uh but I guess ex ex military who's driving around Arizona, and he uh, stops at this uh, this piece of land that these nuns are farming, and the mother superior kind of sees this uh, this man coming along as as a gift from God, someone who can help her fix up around the place and eventually build her build her chapel. Uh, the, they're German <laughs> nuns, immigrants from from East Germany. They call him Homer Schmidt all the way through <laughs> Schmidt get over here Schmidt but yeah um and he's sort of unsure about this at first he he agrees to help them out to to work for hire for a bit fix up their their house um and as it goes on he kind of builds more of a rapport with the nuns he eventually gets convinced to to build their their chapel for them out in the the Arizona desert and uh kind of just you got this character development between him and and Mother Maria, the the leader of the nuns, is very, very strict, uh, straight laced German German nun, um, and yeah, the, he builds the chapel and then moves on. At the end of the film, kind of bittersweet almost in some ways. The end, but we we can talk about that later. He goes to this place looking for like enough money to kind of get into the next gas station and get some gas and keep. Go I think they're in California, Southern California desert somewhere would make sense. Arizona is that is it Arizona? Arizona. That's where the book yeah. was set. Yeah. Okay, Arizona. Yeah. So close to California, he's kind of headed yeah. that way, and he only wants to do work for like a day, maybe two, and like <laughs> she's not letting him go. <laughs> <laughs> so she has her ways, her conniving ways to keep him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, and it, I love 
uh, as Kevin would know, and, and maybe you, Joe, if you listen to the pod at all, uh, I love the runtime at 94 minutes. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, I don't perfect. know how, how would you draw this thing out any longer? I mean, it's pretty straight up. Like there's, <laughs> it'd have to get pretty episodic at that point. Um, yeah. To, to make it go any yeah. longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, it's obviously chef's kiss for Ben. Yeah. For the, for the time. Uh, I think yeah. Sydney Poitier, this must be pretty, is it, pretty early in his career is this do we anyone off the top this of our is, heads I, I believe this is kind of early in his screen career was that in the heat I of the think. night like what 67 when he got the oscar nominee oscar award for that right or well he didn't get an oscar oh. award for heat in the heat of the night um actually he didn't he got nominated right it he was for not, this one he was not nominated for heat in the heat of the night either no that that one best it was that best best picture or was it supporting it was there was an award for it some something there's got to be i'm sure it did yeah, yeah. but well but it was not uh not poitier yeah, yeah for, so my point poitier. my point for that was was to say it's pretty early in his career this was a uh looking at the budget extremely low budget and uh, it, did, it did pretty well so you know considering the uh budget is like two hundred thousand dollars ish in in the yeah, 60s and, uh, pretty low poitier and, and a lot of the <laughs> other cast actually didn't take a cut of the budget up front um they only got paid a, a cut of the profit so yeah, he, he wasn't paid anything up front for this they, they kept the budget low mm -hmm. by doing it doing it that way oh interesting well, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if there's any details on like how uh, director Ralph Nelson kind of swung that deal because most actors wouldn't do that. But it, it must have been pretty early in, in Poitier's career for him to just say, yeah, I'll take some, you know, whatever percentage. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. That's cool. No, it, it uh, it's filmed in the desert and it's just in this random piece of land. So the budget's not really blown on any of that. It's It's probably just like, actually building the chapel for real to film it must have cost a lot of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i think so um yeah ralph yeah. nelson self-funded this this was a uh sort of passion project for him he'd, he'd mostly done tv movies before this um i think he'd done uh in hollywood he'd done requiem for a heavyweight um the year before that was that was an actual cinematic movie but other than that mostly television episodes a uh, couple episodes of the twilight zone um stuff like that so he self-funded it he got all these these actors to kind of go in for cheap or for for nothing up front like poitier mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um was able to just promote the thing really well they they shot it in in two weeks out in the arizona desert oh wow they did all production in in two weeks and then uh, how efficient that is more probably yeah. more efficient than a uh, clint eastwood shooting because he goes yeah. under <laughs> he he, <laughs> he goes under budget and like and films for maybe yeah way less than a normal hollywood director would film his movie so wow okay cool i think because clint also doesn't do very many takes and from what i heard no. um ralph nelson plays one of the characters mr ashton in this film and from one of the the cast interviews that I read, uh, the scenes that actually had him in it were the ones that Nelson did the most takes with. Other than that, he basically just <laughs> let his actors do maybe two, three takes and then moved on. Um, so but for him, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at his filmography and uh, he made like 15 movies before this. So he must have just done this out of the kindness of his heart for some reason. Maybe he had, maybe he was friends with the um, with Nelson. Poitier? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did a lot before this, yeah. which is 
Oh, the Defiant ones is before this. He got nominated for Best Actor for that one too. Um, so yeah, he's he's not new. <laughs> yeah, it and... is Sydney one of your favorite actors there, Joe? Poitier? No, um, actually, yeah. this is the no. only Sydney Poitier movie I've seen. Um, is it really? Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, oh, I haven't wow. Seen okay. Guess who's coming to dinner or or in the heat of the I... <laughs> only seen part of that the only Sidney Poitier film that I've seen and this is kind of related to the whole you know uh, Catholic theme of the whole uh, thing is a uh, greatest story ever told where he appears in a very small role as Simon of Cyrene and I remember watching that movie and my mom going oh hey I know who that is that's Sidney Poitier and that was the first time I had heard the name and seen him on screen and this is the first full movie I've seen of Sidney Poitier so, oh, interesting. Okay, you speak of Sydney as if you uh, you're a big fan, Joe. It seemed that <laughs> I thought you were very. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of him in this movie. I'll, I'll say that in this um, movie, yes, he has yes, such yes. charisma and just charm, and and I was going to say, I love effortless, also in many ways. Um, I love. I want to say it. Sorry. So I was just going to say that Sydney has a rather uh, calming screen presence. You I mean even in times of distress every emotion happiness cleverness movement just everything that he does has this sort of calming and sort of blissful uh take on human emotion and it's done very effortlessly and i think that would be one of the biggest well one of the high points of lilies of the field is really his performance alone and how he interacts with all the nuns and with lilia scala uh yeah I think had it been any other actor, I'm not really sure if the movie would be delivered the way it was uh, through Ralph Nelson's direction. But Sidney Poitier, yeah, he's a he's a natural. I don't think he really did much direction for Poitier. I mean, I probably just let him no. do what he wanted. He let him do his yeah, let him do his own thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was just gonna say that uh, I like Poitier's character the most. The big the biggest reason for me is that like his relationship with uh sister maria or uh, it's whatever Mar mother maria that's it. mother maria yeah, yeah. yeah mother maria he like yeah. speaking of the defiant ones he's defiant against her he like he he wants to like not not like beat her in her own game but he just wants to like live up to her expectations and better which is i i, I kind of mm -hmm. like that in a character where it's like i'm gonna prove you wrong and uh it's, maybe it has something to do with uh how he came up in life and in Hollywood and, you know, probably fighting for a lot of roles. So it came out yeah. maybe in this role too. So I, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. He, uh, mother Maria is a very, very stubborn woman. Um, she definitely wants to get her own way. And, and it seems like, uh, Homer kind of out stubborns her in some ways or, or is trying to anyway, he's trying to be like, okay. Oh yeah. She, she's trying to get me to, to do work and then leave. No, I'm going to stick around until she pays me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna build this chapel, but you know the nun, the the roof needs some fixing. I'll help with that, or or whatever else. Um, I'll drive them to church. So <laughs> yeah, I'll drive them to mass, out outdoor mass, right outside of Father Murphy's trailer. <laughs> I love yeah, I love that first time they go to they go to uh, church and um, he's talking to the so they they go to church in this uh, what what is it a, a traveling chapel what you'd call that something like that yeah it's basically he's yeah. got a 
an altar set up in the back of a a Winnebago or something. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And all the, all the Mexican folks from the the surrounding area come into mass and then these, these German guns and uh, it's outside the one little general (laughs) store. (laughs) Yeah. And and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. The general store is uh, Juan's trading post. And so Mm -hmm. Juan's in inside and that's where, so uh, Homer, is not a Catholic. He's a Baptist. So he's like, I'm not going to church right. with you guys. I'm going to go eat. Because I, <laughs> I haven't been able to eat for the last two days being around you people because you don't have any food. <laughs> and he goes in there. Catholic. You Catholics. And he goes in there. He, they're talking a bunch of crap. And uh, they're talking about Father Murphy. And he's like, well, Juan, why don't you go out there to mass? You're Catholic. He's like, I was born Catholic, but, you know. Father Murphy, he drinks too much. And he's like, well, he's a priest. And he's like, he's Irish. And I was just he's like, a, I, I died. Irish. I died to that. That was great. And <laughs> stuff like that just is really funny to me. There's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good humor in this movie and in a lot of different scenarios. That was just one that stuck out to me. Yeah, for sure. And Juan is just such a, uh, a fun character as well. Um, shoot. Who is his actor? Let's see. He's, Stanley Adams. Yeah. Stanley Adams. Um, from all sorts of things, North by Northwest, Breakfast at Tiffany's, all, all sorts of other stuff. But um, great character actor. And yeah. uh, there's a scene later in the movie where he's talking to to Mr. Ashton just about, he, he goes from, from really sincere, where he's talking about why these, these Mexican people are, are coming out to build this chapel for the nuns. And talking about how it's it's important for them to to have a place for the sacraments to to pass the faith down to their their kids, right? Um, and then again, it kind of comes up. So why don't you go to church then, Juan? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he <laughs> says he's he's helping to build the church. It's it's his insurance. Yeah. Um, it's he, insurance he's not going to go, yeah. but just in case, just in case, he's he's done his bit for for God. Right. A little Pascal's right. wager going on there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. They're right about the hereafter. I have paid my insurance, Senor. Yeah. I, like, I love that's actually one of my favorite scenes. I like that. And then when uh, Mr. Ashton, the actually played by uh, Ralph Nelson, the guy who gives Homer Simpson. <laughs> you lost 5% of your brain. Me lose brain? Uh oh. <laughs> Why I laugh? Sorry, Homer, Homer Simpson, Homer Smith, <laughs> Homer Smith, a uh, job. It's inevitable. It was inevitable. Yeah, I, I had to do it. I had to be the one. Uh, he gives him the job and he's like this rich, not not rich, but he's just like the owner of a, uh, you know, construction company. And uh, he eventually do- donates some materials to the chapel and and they're talking about like, why would he do that? And uh, the C- Sidney Poitier's character, Homer, asks, why would he do that? <laughs> He's like insurance, and he's like okay. he's like what? And well, you know, he's like, Juan's like never mind. So like he, <laughs> I just love that little like it's just like tongue in cheek about that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. One of the great scenes was uh, Homer and and Mother Maria. Uh, dis- well, they're basically debating via via scripture. Yeah, I actually have. And I was yeah. gonna I was gonna play that one. So let's uh let's yeah. let's get to that. <laughs> you would like to make jokes, Schmidt, hmm? This isn't exactly a joke. Now, I sit down. I give you a bill. You pay me. 
for my services. I put in two good days here, mother. I mean, I'm for hire, remember, hire. I speak English not so good. You want to take advantage of a poor little country boy like me? Okay. Okay, we'll play it your way. Book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 7. Your Bible is all in German? I'll read it to you in English. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Now, that's not exactly what I had in mind, but you get the idea. <clears throat> Proverbs 1, 4. Cast in thy lot amongst us, let us all have one purse. Look, I am a poor man. I've got to work for wages. Now, I can't work for... Matthew chapter 6. 28, uh, 2, 8, Matthew chapter 6, 2, 8, 2, 9. Schmidt, read it in English. Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, not even Solomon in all his glories was arrayed as one of these. Consider the lilies. Yeah, so we'll stop it there. <laughs> There's a little bit of context lost by not seeing the facial reaction of Poitier when, yeah. he's, when he's like right. <laughs> reading the uh, verse, the Bible verse to himself before he reads it out loud. And he's like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a great scene. That's And that Chris couldn't be here, like I said earlier, and that, that was one of the scenes he wanted to, to, to play oh, no. so the, the listeners could uh, hear. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Yeah, his facial reactions are just so great because he he reads it and he's like, uh, "I I started this game of of quoting the Bible <laughs> to try to try to justify my position, and now she's beating me at it. This this is not good." <laughs> yeah, I don't think you yeah. want to play that game with uh, someone like that who's had many years exactly. of practice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, the Prodies versus the Catholics. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to show my bias right now. I'm going <laughs> to. Don't start with a Catholic nun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love the Battle of Wits. There's a little bit of a Battle of Wits um, kind of related to the other scene. Do you want to get this scene out of the way, Joe, with the uh, the song? Uh, just oh, the song. Yeah, you can't talk about this, mu this mm -hmm. movie without talking about the song. So uh, That's right. For sure. Uh, tell you what, we, <clears throat> I sing one of them uh, down-home go-to-meeting songs. And you're going to have to help me out. You join in with me, all right? Okay, all you have to sing is amen. Amen. Nick, amen. 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 Right. Okay? Now, here we go. <clears throat> amen. 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 Now, come on. Amen. Amen, 
on Christmas morning. We'll uh, stop it there because it goes on for another minute, and uh, yeah. there's a thunderstorm happening <laughs> at my house, and I don't want to. Uh, it's it's messing with my internet, I think. So <laughs> uh, okay. with uh, Amazon, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, a good little uh, teaching. So there's the whole time before this. This is like a third of the way through the movie. All the uh, other sisters can't really speak good English, so there's this back and forth with them learning from him, and now he's teaching them a song that he knows and it's just this nice little moment where he's kind of getting over getting one over on uh, mother maria because she's not a super fan of the uh of of the baptist song but uh she she kind of <laughs> she's won over by the end at least the end of the movie she is yeah, yeah for certain it takes and her a while i think part of that her her characterization is she's this very kind of strict person um she relies almost entirely on God's providence. She really takes that sort of lilies of the field idea to heart. Um, she prays for everything. She's got this, this idea um, that God's going to, to give her whatever she asks for essentially, eventually. Um, and she's really relied on that because her and her nuns have come from East Germany. Um, they, they actually came over the Berlin wall. They say uh, at one point in the movie, I think Juan says that. Um, they they've gone through some pretty uh, horrific things getting here out here to Arizona, and she's really kind of needed that that sort of defensive, very strict, very uh, trusting personality. But it sort of gets to the point where, at least for her, I, I don't get this from most of the other nuns, but at least for her, there's not as much joy in her religion. Um, I think as as there is for Homer. And so you get that that amen song coming in, and the other nuns pick it up very quickly. Uh, they're they're very much like, oh, this this is great. This this is you know just expressing this this kind of joy, and it takes mother a little bit longer to get there, but but finally after the chapel is built and after she's she's kind of, I don't want to say one, but you know she she's she's <laughs> achieved her ideal. You know she's able to actually join in the song at, at the very end of the movie and and sort of express some of that joy and and get that. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Mother Maria is the one who's a lot more steadfast about her faith. She doesn't really find the joy in in Catholicism as opposed to her other nuns. But she, I guess, just being Mother Superior naturally, she's just she's just inclined to, you know, stick to the regimen, basically. So she's kind of afraid of like outside influence, which is I, understandable. Yes, but you know, to see to see her lighten up amidst the tug of war between her and Homer Smith. It's that that is actually kind of a joy to see. Oh yeah, no. Also, I I wanted to point out something because you know just in relation to uh, the whole battle of wits between the King James version of the Bible and the uh, <laughs> the huge gigantic uh, German translated Catholic Bible. Uh, by the way, Joe, I mean I think you'd know this. What version of uh, of the Bible was used at that time. So this is 1963. I mean, this is, okay, this is like a little bit of Catholic trivia, but at the time, I'm not really sure what revised edition was used uh, by the Vatican. That's a good question. I mean, yeah, there would have been a, a Latin, some form of the Latin Vulgate um, right. in use at and that this, time. This and was also a year into the Second Vatican Council's meeting, I believe, I yes. believe 1963, yeah. That is true, yeah. yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, it, it hadn't actually done much change in the church, but there was definitely some right. some winds of that, some some feeling that that was coming, um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you see that in some of this movie. It's a bit more ecumenical than perhaps a, a 50s Catholic very, movie would be. You know, Very, very but, true, actually. Yeah. Um, very, very true. <laughs> That's quite ecumenical. Yeah. Um, Homer doesn't become a Catholic at the end or anything. He, he no. stays a Baptist the whole time. Um, Unfortunately, Juan doesn't return to church or anything like that. You know, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> but, no redemption for Juan, but he does. You know, well, there is a little bit of a redemption for Juan. Well, yeah, just, you know, helping bit, out with her. Sure. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But um, yeah, uh, but but the interesting thing here is that you know amidst that battle of wits between scripture versus one, I think that people might fall back upon in terms of the themes related to this film. I mean, this was a, a verse that immediately uh, that I immediately thought of was Matthew chapter seven, seven to ten, which is I won't say the whole thing, but basically, ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find, and that's what you see uh, via three plights between three uh, three different characters, and that's Mother Maria, Homer Smith, and Father Murphy. So basically, Mother Maria is seeking her goal is to build a chapel in glory in, in you know glory to the lord jesus christ and then there would be uh homer smith's intention he had been dreaming to become an architect since he was a kid but due to the fact that he lived in poverty he was never able to achieve that and then father murphy which is like funny i mean i have that that quote right here but he um he had been dreaming to be the chaplain of a very wealthy uh, a wealthy church, a wealthy church in a very wealthy town. And eventually, you know, they hold steadfast to that dream, to that prayer. And despite, you know, all the setbacks and all the uh, failures in communication, that does, that prayer does get answered uh, towards the end in a very beautiful way for all three of them. Because then Mother Maria finally has her chapel, as she calls it. And Homer Smith was able to find was able to use his own talents, his own God-given talents, to build that chapel. And with that humble little chapel built by you know just simple adobe brick and and cement, then Father Murphy has what you can call a very wealthy chapel that he can finally say mass in, as opposed to mass outside his uh, Winnebago right there. So it's a it, it's a very beautiful. Um, the way that the way each uh, mission for each of the characters intersect and how that prayer of each of them comes true at the very end is actually it's quite nice. It's quite yeah. nice. And it comes true, but not in the way that they necessarily expected it to. Right. Right. So Homer, right, exactly. Homer's not building skyscrapers, I, I think, is no. one of the things that he mentions. And and I don't think uh-huh. Mother Maria gets the, the exact chapel that she had in mind. And, and Father Murphy, it's not a cathedral or anything. But, yeah, that moment where right. he walks in and, and he says that that God has answered that this, this very selfish prayer of his, um, is, right. is just beautiful. <laughs> his selfish prayer, which becomes, and then he gets the uh, chapel, which is built out of humility and it's a very humble chapel. So he sees the, he sees the, the magnificence in humility, which is a great, uh, a great thing. Um, exactly. yeah. Well, yeah. so that's one of the things that I think somebody who's, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, Catholic raised went you know married Catholic all that stuff I'm not the best Catholic I don't practice as much as everybody I've, as you guys I'm assuming or I know for, I know for fact but uh, someone who is completely just let's just say not not a believer at all 
could come at this movie and just say, well, like what, what even changed by the end of it? Like, you know, he just kept going and all that happened was they got what they, they all got what they wanted, but he didn't get what he wanted. But I think that's a really surface level critique where you're not really, you're not getting the whole picture. Like he wasn't going there specifically to, to be changed in some way. It just kind of naturally happened. Like he was almost against it for half the movie. He didn't want to do it for so long. Um, and it kind of just worked out that way that, oh, well, if I do this, I'm going to be, I mean, I'm going to better myself and, and all these other good things happen after that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like that part. And I think maybe the, the chapel being built, uh, somebody could make, you know, make the connection that, oh, maybe that's faith growing or something like that. But I think that's maybe two on the, you know, two on the nail, two on the head that uh-huh. for me, it's more like kind of a, a community because as of now, there's not really a connection between the Catholic uh, priest, the Catholic nuns, and the and the 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 I'm I'm forgetting the word. All the people. Oh my gosh. The congregation. The congregation. Yeah, the, yeah the congregation. Right now, they're all they're all discombobulated, and there's nowhere for them to really. I mean, they 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 do what they have to to, to have mass every week, but now there's a place for a community to you know a community kind of came together and built this thing and now they have a permanent community. So that's kind of my read on it. Uh, maybe you guys mm-hmm. would argue, but I don't know. I think it's a pretty uplifting movie and it's a simple movie. It's not, it's not nothing crazy. Yeah. Nothing crazy is going on to like make you right. really, you know, philosophical determinations one way or another. It's just like a, a nice little story. I, I liked it. And I mean, in your estimation, Joe, is this like, how how does this how does this stack up for other Catholic movies that you know you really like? Uh, I I definitely think so. Uh, one of the projects that I work on 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 Letterboxd and on a blog is this this hundred Catholic movies project, and it definitely fits on that list with with some of these other ones. Um, it it shows sort of this this simple faith. Um, it brings people together in this community while also kind of uh, celebrating some of the more the more beautiful aspects of the faith and of of different traditions kind of mixing together to to make something beautiful which i i really like um it's a really good portrayal i think of of catholic clergy on on screen that the priest and the nuns it, it's very positive about them um, which is something that you see more in older movies really after so this is 63 by the end of the 60s um it starts tipping the other way where yeah. anytime you see a Catholic priest or Catholic nuns, they are, you know, borderline abusive or, or just outright bad people. Um, and so it, it's kind of this, this tipping point where, uh, where the Catholic church gets, gets kind of a, a, a worse rap, which is weird because again, Vatican II is going on at the same time. The church is trying to become more, uh, more open to the modern world and at the yeah. exact same time that that's happening the modern world seems to kind of have a more negative uh view on the church at least if you look at hollywood well it's right, definitely right. the counterculture is starting 64 65 so it makes Easy. it makes sense that the portrayals are no longer you know nice they they just start pur- yeah. purposely trying to paint a picture trying to change people's minds i mean from hollywood 
specifically. It's unfortunate, but that's just the world we live in. I I would even say that (laughs) some people our age watching this movie today would be like, really? There's these white women making this black guy do work for free? This is racist, man. Like, Uh, yeah. You don't understand. (laughs) He's getting... (laughs) You just don't get it, do you? You don't. The value he's getting out of this is not monetary. You, you yeah, you dumb. And, I know, I, mean, I know. And, it's and frustrating. The movie, com- <laughs> yeah. the movie comments on that a little bit, right? Because he does have the one part where she's calling him for lunch, and he's like, oh, "Are they going to feed the master? Going to feed the slaves, or something like that?" Like, like the movie well, is gonna feed conscious the of that. <laughs> yeah, well, you- and when uh, when uh, he's going to the construction uh, to Mister Ashton, and he's like, "Boy," and then he calls him "boy" right back. Like they're yeah. he, they're yeah, pretty right. aware. They're not, you know, it's not it's not bad screen. It's not a one sided thing. No. No. Yeah, right. It's yeah. so interesting. It is unfortunate, though, to see that transition in the culture uh, at this point in time. Like going back to what you said, Joe, about portrayal of Catholic clergy in on film. I mean, ha- have you seen The Bells of St. Mary's by Leo McCary? Oh, yes. Has, oh, yes. You did. OK. See, I think like uh, besides Lilies of the Field, that's one of my favorite uh, from one of my big, big favorites from Leo McCary. But you see a film like that and the way the Catholic clergy is portrayed in that film. It's. I think I've been saying the word a lot recently, but magnificent. It's a very magnificent portrayal, very, very selfless, very welcoming, very inviting portrayal of Catholic clergy. And yeah, it's really sad to see that, you know, you, you, you I mean, okay, we're gonna, there's just no other way around this because, you know, for those who, who, who aren't Catholic, but, you know, say, let's go back to Second Vatican Council, which the point was to try to sort of not connect, not transform the church into a worldly kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> entity, but it was to try to get people to come back to the church in a way, if, that is that, if, if that's fair to say. And <laughs> there are pros and cons to it. Um, but it is unfortunate how you take something like Hollywood or people who are just not religious at all um, and or don't have that hierarchy of leadership just to sort of you know, kind of not welcome that and then sort of give the middle finger to people who are in the clergy. And yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see. So Lilies of the Field, probably one of the final uh, movies to depict Catholic clergy in that light, in, in a good light, possibly, I'm not really sure. Or at least in a, I won't say unambiguously good light. I mean, Mother Maria is a flawed character, but right, um, right, right. In in a more, and there are, there are a few that come after this. I'm I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen uh, the Scarlet and the Black with Gregory Peck. I saw that a year or two ago. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. that one, yeah, yeah. In that one, he he plays a, a priest who's saving uh, POWs during World War II. So mm-hmm. there there are some um, that come after the '60s, but mm-hmm. very few that are mainstream in the way that this movie was mainstream in the 60s yes wasn't the scarlet wasn't scarlet in the black wasn't that a tv movie if i'm not mistaken yes yeah uh, i think an italian tv movie yeah i mean it was filmed (laughs) it was filmed in italy and lots of italian actors i i don't remember much Mm -hmm. besides like it being a war movie and there's a resistance against the nazis and all that but yeah that's Mm -hmm. probably why that movie kind of got a it well one it wasn't a hollywood picture and two Mm -hmm. it's a war movie so you can kind of you know that's the focus so people kind of forget what they're yeah. watching but mm-hmm. i haven't yet seen uh the mission 
that's been on my list oh, for a while. But that one, De Niro and is, is pretty uh, positive. That's actually a good movie. Some of the, cler- the clergy in that one. It is, from what I remember. Is that yeah. is that very Scors- positive on Scorsese? No, that's uh, it. It could it could kind of maybe pass for a Scorsese from a glance, but it, that's not Scorsese. That's uh, I forgot. I, that's someone else. The last time I saw that movie was junior year of high school i was gonna say <laughs> catholic high school if it's Roland Scor- if it's Sco- if it's scorsese yes. it's gonna be extremely ridden with catholic guilt and how we're all bad and whatever. yeah <laughs> the movie yeah, that i've yeah, heard, more... it, heard it compared to a lot is silence from scorsese yeah um, yeah it's which i have yet to see themes going on there um, yeah i haven't I seen like i would really i haven't seen silence from scorsese but i've seen the original which i don't remember the the, the japanese director but that movie is not a happy <laughs> that's not a happy movie and, not a happy yeah and from from yeah. the perspective of of the japanese it's even it's you guys should watch that that would be an interesting one to for you guys to review yeah, yeah ben i sure. remember you telling me that that was scorsese's uh, silence was a remake of that movie which i did had no idea i'm like oh no way okay and it's, <laughs> yeah entirely different perspective from what i've i know people who have seen both films um so hmm Okay. Maybe maybe now you need to watch oh. that, Kevin. I think I have to. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Wait, lot. Joe, have, you haven't that, seen that one yet, right? No, the I have first, not. The uh, list. No, yeah. Okay. The list Neither keeps getting longer and longer. The keys. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't even want to look at my watch list. I've got like probably 500 movies on there now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's um, that's Masahiro Shinoda. So that's yeah, yeah. 71, and then I guess maybe Scorsese. I mean, he was all in that whole in the 60s and 70s he was watching all the the foreign stuff so maybe he watched that in his youth and something came to him to remake it 40 years later yeah, 50 years later he, he did say it was meaningful to him but then again i think Scorsese says he says that says that about a lot of his movies where he it's always meaningful it's always catholic guilt i'm not complaining about the catholic guilt i mean we can all relate to that but it's just like in terms of the way you can deliver that with uh, these different nuances and how you can portray, uh, you know, Catholic guilt in a different in a different light for each movie. Yeah, it, it is kind of interesting. And yeah, I yeah again, Joe. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I guess I am kind of wrong. Yeah, th- there are movies nowadays that do portray Catholic clergy in in, in a pretty good light. I would say, and I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't um, think I could be wrong, but. Scorsese's silence portrays the Jesuits in a bad light. Not overall, although yeah, not I mean, overall. I, I I haven't seen Scorsese's silence yet, but um, I do know that those priests that are portrayed there are are very flawed people, very weak yeah. in some ways. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not to yeah. spoil the, I'll spoil a movie <laughs> that I haven't seen yet. Right. <laughs> but, right. Right. And this is why we need uh, Chris on. So he's like. Uh, Padre Pio, like that's the best Audrey Catholic Pio. movie of all time. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. He's gonna be. I li- would love to do a a debate with with a Chris on with that. Chris. Um, he's listening dude. right now, and he's like, I oh, I man. hate that I can't be there to say something. <laughs> I was talking to you guys about this. Yeah, Joe, you 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 had your you had a lot of qualms with uh, Padre Pio, right? Mm-hmm. Chris, I mean, like Chris was trying to settle my nerves because I was like, I, that was one of my most anticipated of. 2023 i'm like okay okay what do they do yeah so i wonder what i'll think of it <laughs> once yeah. i finally see it no I, I encourage you to see it because the good stuff yeah. in that movie is so good but the bad but it's stuff only about is half so the movie. bad <laughs> that's only half the movie <laughs> yeah 
Shia LaBeouf yeah. scenes is really all right. So we need it. We need Joe on again for like a 25 minute episode where he and Chris <laughs> debate this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lilies of the I'll, field I'll part two. I'll do it. <laughs> yes, sir. Speaking of Lilies of the field part two, you guys know that they did make a made for TV movie, a s- sequel to Lilies of the field a se- years later, a sequel with, Poitier or somebody else? No, Billy no, D. no. Williams. Billy D. Williams as Homer Smith. <laughs> was this? It was a. Was this it was bef- a Christmas movie? <laughs> was this before uh, Star Wars or after? I think, I think it was seventy nine. So I think it's before Empire. Okay. Yeah, before Empire. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that his role in that movie got an Empire. George Lucas was like, "Yep, I want that. <laughs> yep, I want him. I want, I want him." Homer Smith. Watching, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I did not know. So no, I think the plot is basically Homer Smith comes back after I think what is it a a couple years of being away from Arizona, and then he returns to see the nuns and to see Mother Maria, played by someone else. Um, And I think it's at this point where he's there to help them build the hospital and and the school, and that's mentioned by Mother Maria in in lilies of the field where she's trying to get mr ashton i we need more building material we need we're gonna we're not we're not stopping right here we're building a we're building a hospital we're we're getting a school and then he gets all scared and says you see what they're making me do now (laughs) so i think i think that's uh that's what the sequel is about they actually do go on and build the hospital and school and i'm not really sure how well that movie did but i am uh, i like how uh the actress in that movie who plays maria shell is like it, at the time of filming, she's like already fifteen years younger than than uh, what, what was the lady's name? Lilia Scala. Yeah. Oh my! God. It's on two. It, <laughs> hey, it, it, both it's of you. It's on Tubi. <laughs> so both of you can. You have to watch it and review it uh, for your. Uh, it, it might blog be, might be Christmas Kino this year. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Christmas <laughs> Lilies of the Field. <laughs> yeah, I know. Directed yeah. by Ralph Nelson. Well, he yeah, was yep. back to it. And, <laughs> and uh, after a couple of years, uh, Homer Simpson, I mean, Schmidt, I mean, Smith. No, I knew, I knew his name. Me lose brain? Uh-oh. He, he's, got, he's got an afro. He's like, yeah, I, I, I'm back from San Francisco and I got my hair. <laughs> or wherever. Oh, it's amazing. Wherever he it. went. I love that. <laughs> so ridiculous. I mean, whatever. Maybe it's a good movie. Maybe it's a good follow-up. It but. Could. uh it could be it could be a comfy flick. It could be a really comfy flick. 15, 16 years later, I don't know. Right. That's that's interesting. <laughs> wow. It does kind of fit though. Like R- Ralph Nelson coming from the world of TV, I guess he might have had an easier time filming the sequel than he did filming uh this first movie. I would I would assume that, you know, just come, him coming from the world of TV. Yeah. He's going back to his roots in a way. <laughs> There's an actor in the movie called or his name is Ryan Robert, and I read it, Robert Ryan. I was like, Robert Ryan's in it. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not. That's 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 yeah. It's funny. Oh um, wow! But well, we were talking a little bit earlier, um, just to jump back about portrayals of of clergy and how yeah. mainstream this movie was, and this is something that I kind of want to come back to because it was nominated for four Oscars, I think. Let me see. Five Oscars. It was nominated for five Oscars, one Best Actor for Sidney Poitier. Um, nominated for Best Picture. Really? In 1963. Yeah. What won that year? Tom Jones. 
Tom Jones. Tom Jones. I don't even know Tom what that Jones. is. One of the most reviled Best Picture winners on, on <laughs> um, Everyone's like, why did oh. this win? Um, well, there's a lot of questions I have for the Academy. Like, why did John Wayne, why did it take him 30 years to get one? But whatever. Yeah. My name's John Wayne. John Wayne? John Wayne. <laughs> that's a terrible cowboy name. Why? No, come on. That's not going to work. Yeah, so I, I was correct in my couple of guesses earlier in the heat of the night did win best picture and it, the actor, the best supporting role went to Rod Steiger. So I, I knew it had won something, uh, but it won two. Yeah. yeah. So Poitier, yeah. what do you think Poitier got? Uh, you guys haven't, you both haven't seen that. No. I haven't, we know, no, no, haven't, haven't been meaning to. Yeah. I mean, that's worth it. Then if you both like Poitier, it's obviously right up your alley. Alleys, plural, okay. I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Tom Jones. I don't even know what that is. Like, why is that hated? It's one of those big, bloated, like, I think musicals that were really popular in the 60s. Oh, road, <laughs> it was like a road picture. Yeah, one of the roadshow pictures. Um, Albert Finney. And that, Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Albert Finney's Susanna York. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it doesn't have that many good reviews. Well, yeah, you're right, Joe. One of the most reviled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, the people who are in it, like, are all, like, those 60s, 70s British actors. And it was directed by uh, Tony Richardson, who I don't even know who that is, but sounds like a, a posh British man. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. He is an English filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. That just sounds like a, a British man. <laughs> Who, very, who makes berries? Tony Richards. Oh, actually, he was oh. he was born Cecil Antonio. <laughs> he went by Tony. Cecil Antonio <laughs> became Tony Richardson. <laughs> very British sounding Cecil Richardson. Oh man, um, yeah. I'm not as they say Cecil. Yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not trying a British accent. So <laughs> you're not getting me yeah. to do that. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at the other competition that year, and. Um... The only other one that was nominated for Best Picture that I was really familiar with was, well, two. There was How the West Was Won. Mm, okay. And Cleopatra. Cleopatra with which Elizabeth I Taylor. I have always been told was just the most gigantic flop, but it won something like, it, it was nominated for nine Oscars, including Best Picture that year. Well, yeah, <laughs> production design, star power will still get your rewards back then. Now, yeah. that that won't work now. Now it's other criteria. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this stuff has been going on for years. The Oscars pick horrible movies. I've been know. saying before all this current crap, there was, yeah, I've been saying for 20 years, not 20, 15 years since I was just starting to get into film as a young cocky teenager to people older than me like the, the academy yeah. awards mean crap when people are like oh yeah, yeah you know like those you know like your your uh your friend's parents are like oh so-and-so movie back in my day in the 70s won an oscar so that means it's good i'm like that's not that doesn't mean it's good <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean anything yeah and it, it just now it's even more prevalent and obvious so yeah <laughs> but, i mean poitier should have been nominated and he did win so which yeah. is interesting and, right. and and one of the things is i love that this movie is not is not very popular today i don't think um no. it's got what nine thousand views on letterboxd 
that's not awful, but it's it's not like a super well known thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it, this is the first Oscar given to a black man, and so you'd think it would be like you know that this big a big deal civil right? rights milestone and it's know, super celebrated. Yeah, and, and it's Poitier who like he was the only he was like the guy for twenty years, yeah. like the the black yeah. actor, and he was he was the original Denzel, like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I would take I'll take Denzel over Poitier just because I am more familiar. But I mean, and more man, with and, Denzel, yeah. and Man on Fire is, is great. So Man on Fire is great. Yeah. But uh, and I like that movie a lot. Uh, and I know Tony Scott. Keenan. I was about to say Tony Scott. I'm sure <laughs> our, our friend uh, Jackie is listening and is like Tony Scott's yeah. the best man. So. Uh, <laughs> But I uh, love Tony Scott, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Oh, gonna do he's it. gonna kill you. He's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me. That's, that's great. I will say, Jack is a big apologist on Letterboxd, or or was he before. Is. Rest in peace, Jack. Um, oh, we're yeah, calling yeah. him out today on blast. Yeah. Even if Joe's <laughs> making fun of you, Jack, that that's not good, bud. Well, so <laughs> going through, I, I was reading different reviews, the popular reviews um, for to try to do research on the production and, and all that kind of thing. And I kept coming across, it, it happened maybe four times where the, one of the popular reviews, the first line would be thanks to to Jack for sending me this film or for suggesting this or anything. Um, so, so he got like 20 or 30 people to watch this movie at some point. Yeah. Something but, like, but that. he yeah. gave it, he gave it a six out of 10. Yeah, it mm-hmm. used to be fun. it used to be a ten out of ten, and then Jack, I think, is catching on to how many ten out of tens he gives to the to these <laughs> movies. So he probably just he probably just decreased that score. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, I, I gotta make this look a little better because like <laughs> his bell chart on, on yeah. it, it's an inverted bell. It's so great on Letterbox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're all right. We gotta move on. Sorry, Jack. We're we're uh, we can keep going. We love yeah, you, Jack. And he like he'll be he'll be like guys. I listen to this like you know in December he'll be like I just listened to that episode. You're making fun of me. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was not the right voice. But yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, good man, good man. Speaking anyway. speaking of uh, of, of ratings, <laughs> speaking of ratings, are we are we ready to rate or uh, do you have anything else, Joe? Uh, sure, I think so. Let me just look at my notes and make sure. There was just one other thing that 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 really struck me, and, and it's a small thing. We can do it quickly, but um, yeah. it's set in sort of the modern day in the '60s. Um, but you get out with the nuns and with this little, I would say, town. It's not a town; it's just the general store sitting by the side of the road, and it feels like this is almost like the old west, like this is 1880s. Just the the implements that they have the the barrenness of the land um i won't call it a western because I, I know that that some of us are a little touchy about that term but um <laughs> you know uh just the the feel of it is like you know that this could be tombstone or something like that but then there's scenes like where he goes to the to work at the construction company or he goes to a grocery store and there's like all these branded products and everything that he's picking off the shelves and all this and so sort of the I found that contrast interesting that that still in the 60s, there was this sort of two different worlds in the United States. One, this this very modern, uh, something that we would recognize if, if we jump back there. And then the other one, this very sort of dirt poor, rural 
pre-modern world that's that the nuns are living in my minus wi-fi and new cars that's still how it is <laughs> in arizona <laughs> yeah. yeah you go to like the main the main city and it's it's like normal and you drive through the state and it's just like wow this is like we're you're not that like this is the 60s in this movie and you're looking and now it looks like the 40s i think is what you're going for but like mm-hmm nowadays you drive around arizona and you drive through these towns it's like wow i'm back in the 60s like there's nothing (laughs) there's not much here but um yeah yeah, that is a great it's a great observation and yeah so i would maybe even consider the way that you say that you're you're kind of characterizing this as a time capsule movie maybe a little bit in the in the way it kind of portrays that yeah that's a good good in some ways it's it's this this sort of picture and and also a picture of of a part of america you don't often see in sort of hollywood films that this kind of modern rural southwest um like you, you get plenty of plenty of your westerns that are set in in arizona or texas or california and, you know, the west yeah um yeah <laughs> but you don't get get that same you know today You've got Tyler Sheridan movies and, and shows that, that kind of delve into that area a little bit more, but um or like Breaking Bad, even though yeah, it's, 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 it's still Bad, it's still yeah. in the city. It's still in the city. <laughs> yeah. But no, I know I know what you mean. And unfortunately the audience isn't really there anymore for that type of aesthetic and that type of yeah. like you know, the setting. They they don't want yeah. that. So too bad. You're you're missing out. Very mm-hmm. Um Chris, <laughs> I'm long gone. Chris, since he can't be here, he gave a couple of notes for me to to shout out real quick, and I think we covered most of them, except except he mentioned that this would be a great double bill for the movie The Staircase, which I believe is looking it up. Uh, he didn't give a year or anything, ah, but I believe it's the 1998 movie, maybe with Barbara Hershey. Is the one he's oh, referring okay. to about a man? Probably, yes, a man oh, who gosh. Has I to... forgot this movie existed. Ooh. Chris with the Ooh, with the well... silver bullet at the end, and he's not even on the episode. <laughs> Chris gives that movie a ten out of ten. Yeah, I think I would might be up our alley. I remember hearing yeah. this this story, um, and I might have seen this movie way back when I was a kid. My my parents were all into those those sort of really obscure catholic and christian movies my dad especially um yeah but yeah that that, this would be a good double feature with that because it's it's a similar story exactly in in real life and and also i think in arizona i think it's set oh is it oh it's a soft it's got william a soft william peterson's in it (laughs) wow is this before csi Yeah, <laughs> way before I almost forgot that he became a, <laughs> a cast member of CSI. But yeah, way before CSI. I was gonna ask you, uh, Joe, since you're the 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 second resident expert on uh, Catholic movies, what's your uh, what is the the uh, Commodus thumbs up, thumbs down for uh, Mel Gibson Catholic movies? <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> throwing you a curveball. That's a good question. Um, Passion of the Christ, two thumbs up. Okay, just absolutely, you know, nailed it. I, I, I a, a professor of mine once said that it was she was an art professor, and she said Mel Gibson's Passion is like a, a Caravaggio in motion. 
like you can see mm -hmm. the, the the careful shot composition the use of of light and shadow and everything um that that's just a great movie i love that one very nice uh let very me think nice. father stew is kind of a lukewarm thumbs up uh, i think it's, in, <laughs> haven't it's, seen it's that one yet. in the right place for sure um yeah. but there's some problems with that do you and, think do you think i haven't seen father stew but maybe I don't know. Mel, was he was he just a producer or a writer or was he a director he, on that? He was all he was produ producing and acting in that one. I believe. Okay, so and, uh, he was, was a producer and you, his um, Mel Gibson's girlfriend director. director. Yeah. Do you think that yeah. somehow Father Stu he was like maybe injecting himself into that character as like this guy who did a bunch of well, no, he was really popular and then kind of went downhill and then re redeemed himself maybe. Well, uh, so Mel Gibson doesn't play Father Stu. No, I know, I know that. Dad, I'm just saying but, but, that maybe yeah. he injects that. Uh, to an, yeah, to an extent, I, I think. Although I, I really think that that's more Mark Wahlberg's character um, in, in many mm -hmm. ways. But so, what is the I mean, not not a long conversation, but a little bit? What like do you know much about how his? You know, I mean, I'm not, I've I've heard bits and pieces from different sources about his like whole his views on, you know, his Catholicism, how he got in trouble with saying stuff about Jews, whatever. Like that's, I'm not touching upon that. I'm just saying like, what is your view on his like Catholicism? You think he's sincere? Do you think he's just a crazy guy? I mean, he's I, definitely sincere. He makes, um, he makes good he movies. Is, yeah, no, he makes great movies. I love Mel Gibson, both as an actor and a director. Um, he's just always interesting yes if nothing else he's never boring except maybe in what women want i, I didn't like that one so much but, um, <laughs> but i think jack uh, loves that movie actually that was oh, really that, that, <laughs> that, that was a uh that was a take this check to the bank movie for him for sure yeah 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 but uh yeah. other than that uh as far as his catholicism goes i definitely think he's he's sincere he he's He's Maybe. very much on, I guess, the more traditionalist fringe uh, of the church. He is. And this he's is not a set of Acantus, but he is definitely in like the sort of Vatican One. Um, yeah, he's the he's, he's hey, more of a Vatican One. Make Catholicism Latin again. Latin masses. Yeah. Uh, bring them back. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, please bring them back. <laughs> definitely on board with that. Uh, I'm so. Yeah. He. Some of the stuff that he says is a little strange, and and like I said, he's he's divorced. He he's um, he's not perfect. Not really a Catholic not moral, perfect, no. not a perfect person. But I do think that his faith is sincere, and his his mm -hmm. desire for the good of the church is is sincere. Uh, I, yes, I, I'm just this little uh, two bit letterbox critic, but I I, I would love to be Mel <laughs> Gibson someday and and just yeah. talk with him for a little while about you know faith in movies and all that start a podcast yeah. and get him on as a guest I definitely agree exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can just start well, Mel, if you start the hundred movies every catholic should see podcast then you're definitely going to be able to get him after like episode 50 like come on yeah yeah right right <laughs> man i'd love to have mel gibson on <laughs> we ready to rate this one fellas i yes, think so sir. all right uh we'll do chris's right. first and then Joe, uh, Chris rated it a seven out of ten. All right, out of ten, out of ten. Yeah, uh, I think I'm giving it an eight. All right, eight out of ten. Yeah, what did I tell you, Kevin? I know, I know. I we, were, we were talking about this before we had you on, Joe. We we're like thinking, 
okay, I think we're probably going to give this movie the same score. Yeah. And then Ben Ben thought you'd you'd probably up your rating to eight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So Chris is seven. Yep. Joe's eight. Is it my turn? Yes, sir. Well, I initially had it at a seven, but you know that was really mainly due to filming techniques and directing, editing. And Chris mentioned editing too before uh, when he spoke to us before. He said that he, he couldn't be on, but you know, looking at it now. Um, I, I I'm gonna bring it up to an eight. It's gonna be an talking eight it out always makes it better. You're yeah. like, oh, I it, kind it, of regret. I regret what yeah, I wrote, exactly. or like exactly, yeah. When you do it in a in isolation, it's it's one thing, and then when you discuss it with a bunch of people, it, it always gets a little better or worse right. depending upon. But. Right. <laughs> All right. So All two, right, you, you guys are doing the very positive, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be no, you don't. I'm going to be more yeah, po- positive than Chris and, and give it an eight as well. Uh, I do think cool. it's really good. Right. If it was longer, it would be a seven. But it was really, I love that time. I mean, it's it's quick in and out. There's it was no, a minute longer. Yeah, there's no wasted time. And I just, yeah, it was. There you go. A great pick, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Joe is our second guest. So we haven't have we don't have any rules or anything, but Amy Henserling was the one first, and that right. was that was back in what February, March. So, right. we we, yep. we use your scores, uh, the guest scores in the calculation of the searcher score, which is kind of like a a barometer for the the listeners if something's good or not. So the rating for Lilies of the Field is a seven point eight, which is very good. That's and good. That's good. That's, that's a, rec- a recommendation, good. obviously, from the the conversation you. you Y'all knew that was coming. Uh, we all we all like this movie <laughs> to varying degrees. Uh, so unfortunately, Chris wasn't here, but maybe you'll maybe he'll write a review. I'll, I'll sign him up. He'll have to write a review now. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, um, Joe, plug yourself one more time. Anything else you want to say and get some people over your way? Get some right. get some attention for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me in two places which is on Letterboxd first, um, just under Joe Wilson at Letterboxd. My profile picture currently is Orson Welles upside down drinking wine. <laughs> um, so that, that's that's who I am at the moment. Um, and I've got lists for, you know, Catholic movies, different other things there, favorite directors, all that kind of stuff. Um, the other place is I have a Substack blog that I run with uh, some friends, uh, Sam Morales, Stephen Highland, other folks from from Letterboxd who I, I went to school with. Um, and that is the the name of the Substack is 100 Movies Every Catholic Should See. And the address is 100CatholicMovies.Substack.com. And we're working on making that easy to find in Google. But uh, again, if you do 100 right. Catholic Movies Substack, it should pop right up. Awesome. And it's a great Substack, folks. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, so I'm assuming you go there and uh, you like you like what you see, you you, su- you submit your email and then everyone starts getting it. And apparently if you do that, you get like eight other Substacks sending you stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that you have uh, you don't <laughs> sign up for uh, all the ones that we recommend. There, there's, there's... <laughs> I didn't realize Substack was doing that, so I'll have to look at the settings. But I could probably um, go back and look. And uh, now that you just gave me the website once more, I can, I can do that myself. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing uh, 
it, it's a collaboration. So there, there's, it's not just me. Um, it, there, we've got several people who write pretty regularly. And uh, we do, we've got the, as the the name of the blog implies, the the 100 Catholic Movies Project. We're slowly moving up. Um, just this Friday, we published oh, number 13, Alfred Hitchcock's I Confess. A really great movie. A really great Catholic movie. Good portrayal oh, of the clergy like we were talking a... about earlier. Number 13, oh, and how many months did it take you to get there? Uh, we actually, today I think is day 90. So, right. so you know it's going to happen, three. right? In like two years, you're, you're going to get to a hundred, and then you're going to be like, "All right, guys, we got to add a zero to the to the title." Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it'll end up being a hundred more movies or something. Uh, yeah, okay, there you go. We'll see. There you uh, go. Yeah. We get there, but hey, you got plans already. We also do we do reviews of new releases as well. Uh, I think tomorrow we're going to have an Asteroid City review coming. Well, this, this comes out later, but uh, so the Asteroid City it'll review already will already be, be up. But yeah, um, and then. Next weekend is going to be Indiana Jones weekend. So, oh, oh boy, here we go. It better be, oh, it better be a low rating. <laughs> I'm going to be seeing that. The, new too, one. I'm afraid. We'll, we'll see, but uh, yeah, Last boy. Crusade is going on the list. So, <laughs> okay. Last Crusade is definitely, definitely has to be on the list. Yeah, yeah. I agree with. I that. was gonna, I was gonna say since all right. So this this blog that you just plugged for all, all our three listeners, you know, they're all gonna. <laughs> no, nah, it's more than that. But me, Jack, and Brian, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we got Austin and some other people, but uh, my my question was going to be: so, are what's the criteria? I mean, obviously, you're reviewing movies, and they're all you should see them, so they they should be in some way positive, a positive review. Like, is that is that the criteria to even get on to be published? Yes. And uh, where do the movies go that are crap? <laughs> well, uh, we we might end up doing another section for like movies you should avoid if if something comes up um and there are plenty of, of movies like that that sort of deal with catholic things i'm thinking off the top of my head one that it seems like every time i i do a, a controversial review on letterbox people pop into my comments telling me i should watch the <laughs> um so we'll, we'll yeah see I, I remember that watch the what the devils the, devil, uh, the devils I don't even know. from the 70s uh who directed it let me let me find it is it a horror movie a or I think no, it's a block 70s uh, film, right? Yeah, Ken Ken Russell. It, it's about uh, yeah. a priest who's abusing nuns, sexually abusing nuns, or something. I I don't know. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How more? But, how more cliche can they get? <laughs> yeah, I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they could have uh, just you know, you know, all the other avenues they could have done. But yeah, it's right, right. It's like so. That's low hanging fruit. That's yeah. <laughs> that's low hanging fruit in the critiques. So whatever, all good. I was gonna ask you what the low one was. Is there any other ones that you have seen that you're like, don't watch this. It's bad. It's oh know. gosh, let me think. It's um, just like one, one or two. Not no no pressure. Yeah. Shoot, off the top of my head, I'm just gonna pull up my my half star reviews here on on. There you go. <laughs> Ah, uh, the Green Knight. There's one that Green sort of Knight seems is a... like it's got some some Catholic theming going on at first, and but then... they up they totally upend that 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 yes. story. It's a great great short story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, and then that movie upends every single Catholic aspect of it. I love yeah. I love that I'm yeah. not the only one. I watched that in a in my own little bubble and was like, this is freaking garbage and it's like, total garbage I, I don't even have like the philosophical layer to my review i just go into why it's bad <laughs> i yeah. think I, I think i have like one sentence review and it was just like don't you know don't mask your like 
No, they're masking a art house movie with a message as a fantasy movie, a sword and sorcery movie. And I was like, it's just it's, it's shallow. It's so right? it's so blatantly just. What is it? A twenty four? Is that it? A twenty four. Yeah, they're twenty four. They're, they're awful. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll go with the on a positive. It's just note, as offensive. What? Just as offensive uh, as Rings of Power is to Lord of the Rings. They upend oh. every single every single Catholic facet of what you know of Tolkien's work, and it's yeah. a total. It's just a total insult to the original material. Total total insult. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. On a, on a positive note, Joe, thank you so much for coming on and uh, strong arming us into uh, letting you on. You one email and then but, left it, let it go for like five weeks. So. <laughs> was it five weeks? Damn. It was a while. All right. <laughs> now I got to check. Yeah. I usually I've been I was bad in, in I was gone in Italy. And the, the month before yeah. that, I don't think I checked for like whatever reason. But now I try to check every time I we do a uh, recording. So I'll check after after we're done rec- after we're done, and maybe there'll be another request like Joe, have us on. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, hey, we're down as as long as it's uh you know yeah. not purposefully you know malicious or anything. But yes, yeah. thank you again, Joe. Happy to get um, you on, Joe. Thank yeah. you for having me. It's been great. Absolutely. We'll do another movie maybe in the future, and maybe it can be one that you uh, highly recommend already. You know, maybe you already reviewed it on on your website. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Plenty of plenty of options. Yeah, there, there's a couple I can think of already. So, <laughs> alrighty, sweet. to the searchers podcast if you want to hear more of our thoughts on movies you can find us on letterboxd ben at giant 13 chris at ziglet underscore mer and me at kevin chan find us on spotify and apple podcasts and on searchers film podcast until next time people